Well, it's great to be here with you. It's great to be worshiping with you. And uh, we had a great kind of a last vacation this last couple days as we uh, took off, got away for a little bit and uh, ready to be back at it. Um, man, school's already started. Can you believe that? Uh, you wouldn't believe how many faces I just got that basically looked like you were about ready to throw up. And uh, I know we've got it starting up fast here, and some have already started this last week, and some are starting this next week, and teachers are all getting prepped. And, and uh, I remember when we used to start after Labor Day. Do you remember that? Those were the good old days, man. And uh, now we lose a third of our summer. I don't know what's going on, but I'm sure there's a good plan in it. I'll leave it at that. And uh, it's great to be back with you. It's great to be running hard with you this fall. We are going after a new uh, ministry series here starting today called Hear the Call. Hear the Call. And uh, as we go after this, we are going to be looking for what God is making clear for us to do in response uh, from the book of Ephesians. And so this is actually going to be Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. Here the call is Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. If you remember last year at this time, we started out a series called Who Am I? And we were walking through Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. Ephesians 1 through 3 is actually this theological truths about us and our God and about life and salvation, our hope that we have in Him. It is our anchor points, Ephesians 1 through 3. Truths like we are chosen. Truths like we are guaranteed an inheritance. Truths like we can lean on him and trust in him. He is our everything. Truths like we have been raised from the dead alive with new life through faith in him. And man, we have this hope in him. Ephesians 3 ends up saying that we can absolutely long for and pray for because he does exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. We have an amazing God. He is on fire in this world. He is at work in this world. We have hope in him. That was the theological truths of last year. Who am I? So how do we respond to that? What are some actions we can go after? And Paul really goes after that in a bunch of different kind of scenarios for our life, Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. And so hear the call, man. God's putting out a call for us not just to be saved, but to grasp who he is and go after him with all we've got. Hear the call. That's what it's going to be about this uh, next few weeks. And uh, the first one here is a call to unity, a call to unity, to oneness. And uh, so as we get started here in Ephesians 4, the first point to go after uh, unity of the spirit, walk humbly and seek to maintain peace. Uh, unity of the spirit is what we need to go after, walking humbly and seek to maintain peace. All right, let's just start in verse one. Paul says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Paul's writing here, he says, I therefore, and whenever we see the word therefore, we say, what's the therefore, therefore, right? What's the purpose of this word? Remember, it's a connecting word, and it's tying this passage we're looking at back to the prior passages. And as we just talked about, Ephesians 1 through 3 is this massive theological foundation that we have in him. And the purpose statement coming out of it, therefore, 
Here's our response to all of that. And uh, very, very specifically, even just at the end of chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, now to him who's able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think, right? This is our God, fully capable, amazing in all that he is, therefore. And uh, next statement, Paul says, a prisoner for the Lord. Notice it does not say a prisoner of the Lord. It's a prisoner for the Lord. And uh, that's a big, di- everybody say there's a big difference. There's a big difference, and it's not that God has Paul trapped and he's punishing him, and somehow uh, Paul is underneath the heavy, abusive hand of God. Everybody say, not that. It's not that. It's a prisoner for Paul. Uh, He is being mistreated in some ways. Paul's writing this letter from prison. Why is he in prison? Because he chose to speak out on who Christ is and make much of his name, and he's being held accountable for it. Uh, by those in the political rule, all right? And so Paul is a prisoner. He's a prisoner of Rome, but he's a prisoner for the Lord. I represent Jesus Christ, and I will not back down. That's what this is saying. Is that true for you? I represent Jesus Christ, and man, this world is a mess, and it's totally confused, and they're not sure which way is up, and but I will not back down. We have one God and he is in charge and his name is Jesus Christ. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And all of God's people said, and may we worship him with all we've got. Paul says, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord urge you, like I'm really wanting you to do this, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. To walk in a manner worthy. The word walk Well, it literally means to put one step in front of another, to walk, just like you would think it is. But walking was really about the only way of getting around back in their day and age. And so to walk, it meant more than just to go for a stroll casually. It was purpose-driven. He was focused in where he was headed. When you talk about a walk, you're going somewhere to get something accomplished. And the walk... Well, it represents your life and what you're doing with purpose and with energy, your walk. We get used to hearing these words in church and all of a sudden it washes over us and we forget that we're listening to church ease, Christian words, and we might forget what it's all about and our walk with Christ, right? We hear that word a lot and it's a biblical word. Make sure you understand what it means and what it comes from. It's what is your purpose, man? What are you living for? Who are you living for? Your walk. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. In a manner worthy. Literally, in the original language, it means in balance with. It's a balancing statement. Picture a giant uh, balance of sorts. And on the one side is the calling to which you have been called. This great privilege of life with him. And the other side is your response your walk, and this huge calling, massive response comes out of us as we give a proper understanding of it. May we live in balance with all that he's doing for us and the privilege he's giving to us. Walk in a manner worthy. May your scales be balanced in the purpose of your life. That's what he's saying, okay? And uh, 
He gives us a little bit of inclination on how to go about walking in a manner worthy now. He gives us uh, four or five elements here. With all humility, with all humility, not with some humility. Most of us are pretty good at that, right? With some humility, ah, give it a shot here and there, right? And then every once in a while, not so much, it's all about me. And this is with all humility. How much humility? And don't miss it, with all humility. And a humility, it's a word that literally means others first. And a sacrificial, considering the need of the one next to you before you consider the need of yourself. Humility. And then he says, with all humility and gentleness, a tenderness, a care for the needs that are going on. Gentleness. And so there's humility and gentleness with patience. And uh, then he ties this other phrase to it, forbearing with one another in love. And uh, patience and forbearing, literally slow to take offense when they don't prioritize you first. You're going to be placing others first. I guarantee, here's the plan. You walk out, you're like, all right, I'm going to put others first. You get about four seconds into the plan and someone's not treating you first. And you're like, oh, they totally dissed on me. They're not considering me first at all. And then our next step is to say, not bearing with you very much. Not going to be very patient with you now. And all of a sudden, we're dropping our humility and our patience, and we're picking up the battle. And uh, be careful with all humility and gentleness, with patience and forbearing with one another. They may not get it right. That doesn't stop you from going after it. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Notice it does not say walk in a manner worthy of the way in which they treat you. Everybody say it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. It's based on how Christ is treating you and the calling to which you've been called. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, uh, Notice it says, in love. It doesn't say bearing with one another bitterly, right? Bearing with one another in love, being able to have a smile on your face as you recognize that they're not getting it right right now. And that's stinging a little bit, but God's doing something. And so we're going to bear with and we're going to be patient in the midst. We're going to be humble in the midst. It's going to be others first. And this is how we make much of our God. It says then, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Eager. Like, man, I can't wait. This is going to be awesome. Can you imagine when we get to see God shown off in this way? That's what he's talking about. Eager. And uh, all too often, we are not very eager for that. We're like, man, I can't wait for them to realize how valuable I am. Right? And we start getting all wrapped up in self and how come they're not seeing it and what's going on with and may we pour it on others centered, grasping what Christ has done, eager to maintain, notice that means it's already been given and it's our job to keep it, maintain, right? It doesn't say eager to generate it from nothing. It says eager to maintain it. The spirit is delivering it. It's our job to keep it together eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And the Holy Spirit is bringing a unity to this room 
the Holy Spirit is bringing a unity amongst believers. I wrote this down. Uh, the earmark of the Spirit at work is unity. You know the Spirit's at work when you see people getting along. You know that people are listening to the Spirit when you see people getting along. The earmark of the Spirit is unity. The church led by the Spirit will be unified, will be loving, will be maintaining all that God is doing and lifting Him up. And all of God's people said, and may we be after what God is after. The Holy Spirit did not show up to create disunity. He showed up to create unity and bring us all together under the name of Jesus Christ. And it's our job to go after that with all we've got. I love the way this church is living. You guys are doing a great job. Obviously, we always have more room that we can be growing. Lord, shape me and change me here. You guys are loving in huge ways. You are caring in huge ways. You are listening to him in huge ways. Keep it up. Maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. The thing that's gonna bond us together is peace, a calmness, not a battle, not a fighting, but a getting along and a caring and a loving one another. And uh, he calls us to unity because that's what he's all about. Notice the next words here. It says, there is one body and one spirit. And uh, there is how many bodies? One. one. Universal sign for one. <clears throat> Give it to me big. There is one body and one spirit. Get ready. You're going to hear this word a lot. Give me the universal sign each time we hear it. Here we go. There is one body. There is one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one, you guys are losing it. <laughs> Keep bringing it, ready? One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in you all. Everybody say that's a lot of ones. There is oneness in our God. There is oneness in our God. He is all about unity rallying us together as one. Notice it says one body. There is one universal church. Every believer who trusts in Christ is a part of the universal church. And then we express out locally where we're at as we rally together. Do not forsake the gathering together of the assembly, right? That's the local church. There should be a oneness modeled in here that is similar to the oneness of the overall body of Christ. And there is one body. And we are not rivaling against other churches. And all of God's people said, and we better hear that. Our heart needs to break when other churches are hurting. And we need to be praying and longing for them. We are one body. May we long for Christ to be glorified in each and every church. And may Christ be center stage there. And uh, one body, one spirit. And uh, there is one Holy Spirit. And that's it, just one just as you were called to one hope of your calling. I, I think there's many ways to get to Jesus or many ways to get to heaven. Yeah, that's not a biblical position. And there is one hope, and our hope is in Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. One way, one truth, one life. That's Jesus Christ and him alone. We put our hope in Christ, our one hope 
eternity with him because of what he's done on the cross. That is our hope. Man, stop longing for anything else and get on that one hope through Jesus Christ. And uh, it's all about Jesus and him alone. Everybody just say, it's all about Jesus. It's all about him and him alone. One hope that belongs to your call. And uh, one Lord, that's one person in charge over all. One faith. Again, as we said, there is one way to Jesus Christ, one faith, one baptism. And uh, some will say this means water baptism, just get baptized once. Some will say this means the Holy Spirit baptism. Whichever way you go, there's how many of them? There's one, man. And I'm not going to get into the details of which one it is. I'll just tell you it is a word that means baptism. And uh, so you can work through the theology of it. I will tell you, we baptize after faith, after someone comes to trust in Christ, we do a water baptism, a declaration of that for that person. How many times? Once, one baptism. And uh, we believe the Holy Spirit, when you trust in Christ, he does wash over you, come upon you. How many times? It works either way. And I'm just telling you, it's not worth the talk on the detail of it. One baptism. And uh, that's where we're at. One God and Father of all. There are not many gods. There are not many fathers. There is one. Oneness. And our God is huge on the oneness, who is over all and through all and in all. Man, our God has everything to do with this world. The people that love to teach of a God who is distant and other, and you can't know him, hear these words, who is above all and through all and in all. We have a God who is very present with us and he loves you with all he's got and he's pouring it on as this one God in each one of us weaves us together and pulls us together into one body. That's a passionate call as a response to the truth of all that he's done for us. And uh, all right, it says... A little bit of a tie here now to some work that Christ has done. And, and he's going to leap over into gifts in just a second. But check this out. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Remember the call to which you've been called. You're going to need to grasp that it's in Jesus Christ and him alone. And so he says here, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Him for me. And a grace was given. Grace, this is that thing you get that you did not deserve. Grace, you did not deserve it. Be careful. Salvation is not something you deserve. Let that settle for a moment. Salvation is something given by grace. God pouring on what we did not earn or deserve, but he loves you and he cares for you and he's making it available grace through Jesus Christ. Grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. According to the measure of Christ's gift. Jesus Christ, he is God Almighty and he humbles himself and becomes a man. He comes to this earth and he says, while they have rejected me, I will not reject them. I am going to pour it on for them. I love them. And he stepped down from his lofty position to take on humanity. Yes, still fully God. Yes, fully man. And he was mistreated and abused and misunderstood 
and he went to the cross and his shed blood for you. The measure of Christ's gift. He put it all on the line for you and for me. Praise be to God. Amen. Man, we have a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. He has shown us humility. He has shown us gentleness. He has shown us patience. He has shown us forbearing in love. It is the measure of who he is. May we follow in the footsteps of our King. Walk in a manner worthy. Oneness. That's what it's going to look like. Oneness. And uh, he goes on a little bit to describe Christ's measure of gift here. It says, therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. He led a host of captives, meaning he came down, he won the war, and he brought back victory. He brought back total, utter victory. And, and it says a host of captives, and he's got this honorary people that are following him now. And uh, notice it says, and he gave gifts to men. He is the winning, ruling king who ascended victorious, Jesus Christ. Man, don't kid yourself. Well, he, he got crucified. He got whipped. He must have lost. No. That was the plan. Everybody say, that was the plan. That was the plan as he came to this earth to make available for you and for me a payment that we could never pay ourselves. He won. I, I can't even imagine that moment as the satanic forces are driving against and celebrating the death of Christ. And it turns out that was the exact plan the whole time. I can't imagine that. As in that moment, he is now ascending on high and he is taking captives with him. And he declares forth victory as he is seated at the right hand of the Father. That is our King, Jesus Christ. He reigns and he rules and he has put everything in its place. He is our God. And all of God's people said, man, do not miss who Jesus Christ is. It is because of who he is and because of what he's done that we have hope. That is our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions, comma, the earth. I read that very specifically that way so that you'll grasp what it means. Some will read this passage and they'll say, see, he descended to the lower regions of the earth. And they'll read a passage there. Some of your translations say that. And they'll say, well, that must mean hell. And so there's uh, some interpretation that goes around that says that Christ actually descended into hell. And maybe he did that after he died on the cross. And there's a couple of passages that are woven together. And be careful with that interpretation. And uh, be cautious with that. What saves us? There is not forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. It is his work on the cross that saves us. It is not him going into hell that saves us. Everybody get that? 
It is his work on the cross that saves us. It is forgiveness or remission of sins through the shedding of blood. And his work on the cross was the work done. Be careful what you do with this passage. This is saying to the lower regions, comma, the earth. That's a better way to hear it. Uh, The lower regions, you know, the earth. And he came down to this place to make available for you and for me a payment on the cross. And that was sufficient. And all of God's people said, his work on the cross is enough. And we best hang on that theology and keep that, all right? He who descended is the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Jesus Christ, far above all heavens. There is no higher. Him ruling over all. And there is one God and Father of all, and Jesus Christ currently seated at his right hand, and he will be given full ownership and kingship over all as the Father sees fit, when the Father sees fit, all right? And Christ will be King of kings and Lord of lords over all. That is our God. And Amen. We have a God who is over everything, and he is unifying it all underneath him. That's his plan. Oneness. Praise be to God for that. You know, this past week has, uh, well, it's it's been a fun time to watch TV because of the Olympics, right? So every night you're able to turn on the Olympics. If you're around during the day, you can turn on the Olympics. If you've got some a cable provider where you can put it on your phone, you can watch the Olympics, right? It's Olympics everywhere going on right now, and it's been a blast to watch the stories unfolding. And this past week, we uh, were rallied together with uh, another family. We were watching a lot of the Olympics and uh, watching what was going on like with the uh, women's gymnastics team. And I loved watching what was going on with them. These girls are so mature uh, and so young, right? And 16 to 22 years old and trying to get it done. And their job was to be going after uh, Olympic team gold. That's what they wanted to achieve. And so they were going through their paces and challenging and uh, cheering for each other. And in the end, they ended up taking team gold, dominating taking team gold. In fact, we have a photo of them up here. And... uh, there you go. Amen. Amen. They rallied for uh, Team U.S., and for some of you, that's like the first time you've seen anything Olympic, isn't it? You know there's some of you in here, you're like, yeah, I don't watch any of it. And uh, this is Team Gold for uh, these girls, 16 to 22 years old. Apparently, they're testing to make sure it's true gold. I don't know why they're biting it, but, but uh, these girls were awesome. And as they were being interviewed afterwards, the person interviewing them said, Was it hard to stay focused on the team gold with each of you doing your individual um, sports, with each of you doing your individual events? And the girls looked at each other like, what? And they looked back and one of them spoke up first and she said, "Uh uh-uh, we were here for team gold. That's it. This was about the team. This is not about the individual. And we're thankful that we were able to achieve that for our country and with one another. And a team gold, man, they got it with focus and there was nothing that took them off of it. Individual gold was not the point. They were going after team and focused on team, rallying and cheering for each other, even though that would actually impact their positions going forward. And okay, here's the question. 
are you going for team gold in the church or are you going for individual gold? Be careful. It's easy to get all about self. It's easy to accidentally see the work that you're doing and the stuff that you're going after to all of a sudden be the thing that's most important. And all of a sudden, it's individual achievements that you're focusing on. Man, there is one body, and we are going for team gold. And all of God's people said, may this church glorify Jesus Christ as one body. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in us all. There is how many? One, man. Let's live as one. And what's that look like for you? What things need to change in your life that you might be going after a unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, oneness, that God might get all the glory, all right? Point number two, unity of the faith. Serve passionately as the Holy Spirit intended. Unity of the faith. Serve passionately as the Holy Spirit intended. And we start here in verse 11. In this continuation of the giving statement, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And Jesus Christ, that's the he here, and he gave the apostles. And, uh, he gave four different statements here, four different um, titled giftings here. And uh, he gave apostles. And let's make sure we understand what the apostles are, all right? The apostles are those individuals that were, at the time of Christ, they saw Christ, they walked with Christ, all right? That's a requirement, by the way, just so you know, of an apostle. And so it's not possible for one of us today to be an apostle, all right? And so there were the 12 apostles, and then Judas fell aside. There was a 13th that got brought in, and then Paul as well. So 14 different apostles at different times, right? 14 apostles, and that's it. And they were the ones who walked with Christ, who knew Christ, who saw Christ. They had the authority to write to the church and direct the church, all right? And so there's a massive authority over every church from the apostles. They have the gift of building things. Now, God still has the gift of building in the church today. We have church planters and growers for sure, but not with the authority of the apostleship. Everybody say, not that. We're not writing ever. If I write a note, it does not ever elevate to the level of the Word of God. Word of God is done, it's closed. We have the apostles and they're writing and this is it, all right? And so the apostles given originally there to build the church and uh, they are builders and planters, much like we have builders and planters today. The prophets, they brought the Word of God before the written Word of God. They brought the Word as God spoke to them. They brought it out. They proclaimed forth what God was saying. And now it's proclaiming forth the word of God as well and bringing this in a huge way. When we stand up on a Sunday morning, one of our pillars here at Harvest Bible Chapel Peoria, we proclaim the authority of God's word without apology. There is a move of prophetic nature in that. Thus saith the Lord. Here's what God has to say about these things. That's why we get pretty amped on them here. In case you haven't noticed, I get pretty emotional and energetic as we walk through this word. And man, this is God's word spoken forth. May we act and respond as such. And all of God's people said, Amen. and uh, the gift of apostleship, building the gift of prophecy, bringing God's word and his truth, evangelists, 
And uh, these are the people who actually share the gospel message. And then shepherd and teacher. That's actually really a combined role, shepherd-teacher. There's an and that combines those two together there in the original language that's unique only to that in the list. So shepherd-teacher, it's a combined role. Teaching has a purpose, not to show off how much you know. Teaching has a purpose to shepherd the body, to care for the body, to bring them along. And a pastor-shepherd-teacher, that combined interaction there. And a huge role of care net. And uh, please notice that he gave these. He did not give the gift of this. Read it. It says, and he gave some to be, in some of your translations. In the ESV it says, and he gave the apostles. Very specifically, he gave the people. Did you know this? That the moment you trust in Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit comes in. And in the moment that he comes in and takes up residence with you, in you, right? We just saw that in the earlier part. In you, the Holy Spirit begins to enable you to do something you could not have done without him. That's what we call a spiritual gift. And if you've trusted Christ as Savior, you have a spiritual gift. You're like, I don't know what mine is. And uh, then come on a journey with us and find it. And make sure you're serving in this place. He gave people as gifts. You are a gift to this church. Did you know that? If you've trusted Christ as Savior, he's building into you what's needed in this place that we might continue to grow and thrive and bring him glory. What has he enabled you to be able to do? What has he empowered you to be able to do? And the Holy Spirit doing a work in your life that you might be able to do a work in this place that only God can do in and through you. And uh, that's a huge privilege for us. You are a gift to this place. What's God calling you to be serving in here that you might be able to make an impact for his kingdom, all for his glory? And uh, so he gave these apostles, these prophets, these evangelists, these shepherd teachers with purpose statement. Look at the purpose now. To equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. The purpose of the gifts is to equip people around. What does the word equip mean? It means to assist or to give necessary tools or insights to. We are to be equipping one another, helping one another, bringing each other up. Maybe it's with coming alongside and helping in a need that needs to be covered. Maybe it's in giving some information. Maybe it's in taking a lead on something. Maybe it's in taking a backseat to something and helping follow well and get something accomplished that way. What is he calling you to be or do? He's building this church and he gives gifts that we might equip saints. Everybody say that means they're saved. Equip the saved ones for the work of ministry and the building up of the body of Christ. Man, we only get stronger if we get you to the position God has planned for you. That's what this says. What does that look like? What does that mean for you? Where should you be serving? And we would love to get you plugged in in a way and a place where you can glorify your God and you can be growing and those around you can be made stronger and this church is stronger because of it. Let's get you in the right spot. It says to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. And uh, this goes on for a period of time, verse 13, until. 
until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Just till then. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith. Until there's perfect unity and a perfect knowledge of the Son of God. That's a long time. Right? That means as long as we're here on earth, this is going on, man. This is the plan. And this is the, it'll be done when we are in heaven alongside of him and there is a perfection that's been put in place and you have a knowledge of Jesus Christ like you never have before. And at that point, something new and other is coming into play. And we don't know what that is yet. And God's got that one in mind and we'll trust him for it. But while we're here on this earth, there is a body and we will rally together and equip one another. We will partner together that he might get the glory. And all of God's people said, that's where we're headed. And until we all attain to the unity of the faith, notice it doesn't say until some of us attain. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Uh, to mature manhood. This is until we're mature. Some of you are like, that's a long time. Right? Maturity. Man, until we are absolutely perfect and complete in him to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The measure is not to the guy next to you. The measure is to Christ himself. And we are being conformed to his image, Romans chapter eight. And he is doing a work that is shaping and changing us. And the measure of his completeness will be, do you look completely, perfectly like Jesus Christ? That's how long he's gonna be doing this for and in what ways. And in the end, there's gonna be a short of perfection here and in the blink and the twinkling of an eye, he is gonna take those left and remaining and all of us in heaven all together attaining to the unity of the faith in absolute perfection, measuring up to who Jesus Christ is because of God's holy work. That's when this plan subsides and the next takes over. Everybody say that's a big deal. And you want the purpose of the church? Here it is, right here, in big, big, bold letters. And um, purpose statements, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. May we be strong, anchored, immovable. The waves on the sea will not move the ship because the anchor is set deep period. Man, we are looking for God to do a work in this place. May he get all the glory. And uh, as we serve and worship him, mighty things happen, all right? And I'm just telling you, we've got a lot of people that serve around here, and it's awesome to see. And, you know, by the droves, we had the Vacation Bible School, which was a blast, over 500 serving, and people everywhere laughing and smiling and helping from the smallest of help to the biggest of leadership and all over the place. And that was just one thing. But every week around here, there's always work being done in huge ways. From the moment you enter the parking lot all the way to the back end of the atrium, all the way to the other side in children's, all the way to the other side in the video room. Did you know we got guys in the video room right now running this thing for you? And a huge, man, we've got people serving everywhere. And uh, this doesn't happen without that. And uh, we love you guys and we love your heart of service. And I know we were talking this last week and uh, a family that uh, serves a ton around here in various ways in children's and greeting and all that and just a huge measure. But something had come up with the guy. He ended up being taken into the hospital. 
And uh, there was a lot going on, and they were trying to figure some things out, and in that moment where he had to step down, others filled into their role around here, but more than that, small group leader got their impact group together, made some phone calls, everybody starts rallying to the cause, they're meeting at the hospital with them, they're taking care of them, their kids are getting driven around to the various school events, there's food being dropped off, and the, the fridge is being filled up, and like, man, there was huge care going on in all different facets and kinds. I'm just telling you this, what has God called you to this body for? We cannot be the complete, mature, full body of Christ without you being who God has brought you here to be. We need you, man. And I love seeing those things modeled, and I love hearing the stories of that stuff going on. You in your place, excited and on fire for your God. That's our plan. Simple question. What's it look like for you to plug in here? And maybe you've already got that place. That's great. And maybe you don't, then let's talk about what it looks like for you to be responding to your God, all right? The unity of the faith, serving passionately as the Holy Spirit intended. Point number three. The unity of the body. Speak truthfully and in love. The unity of the body. Speak truthfully and in love. It starts out in verse 15. Rather, right, like... The opposite of, so we just got done talking about being tossed around by every uh, wave of doctrine, the goofy thoughts of this world and whatever comes up, instead of being tossed about, rather, speak the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. And uh, please hear me on this. It does not say speak the truth. Everybody say not that. And it does not say just love them, forget the truth. Everybody say not that. This is a combination of truth and love, and that is a huge, deep deal. Love without truth, well, that's just enablement, right? I'm just going to make you feel good, and I'm not going to worry about what's actually right, and I'm not going to try to get you on the right path with your God, and trying to love you, right, as the world would call for love right now, where there is no truth involved, that is just enablement, and that does not end with pretty things. Right? Love without truth, that's just enablement. Truth without love, that's abuse. Where you just come running in, not loving them, not wanting the best for them, you just bash them with the facts. Right? And uh, man, sharing truth out has to be so carefully measured. Truth without tact. I mean, that's just not love, man. Watch yourself and be careful. So yes, sharing the truth sharing the truth in love, wise to what should be shared, wise to when it should be shared, wise to maybe what shouldn't be shared right now because there's something else being dealt with and speaking the truth in love and uh, the huge weaving together there. The power church on fire for Christ has the love and the truth down. And that's our passion. We're not gonna set either side down, okay? And so let's always be growing together and speaking the truth in love. It says, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. This is our purpose statement. His glory, our growth. His glory, our growth. Go ahead and just say it with me. His glory, our growth. His glory, our growth, man. That's what it's all about. Him shown off, you being changed. If you're kind of in this mode, yeah, I'm getting a little more seasoned now. I'm not really into the whole change thing in my life. I kind of am who I am now. Let me just say again, 
His glory, our growth. All right? Always looking for what needs to change in our lives. We're never too old to be changing. And all of God's people said, and Lord, change me. What needs to go? What needs to look more like you? The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's our measure. Not I'm tired of doing this thing, right? May God get all the glory. And uh, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when every part is working properly, makes the body grow. And uh, we have this gift from Christ of all those who are equipped. As he brings them together, it says, when each part is working properly. Man, our job is to help one another get to that spot with truth and love, partnering along the way, each of us being shaped and changed. If that happens, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love, so that it builds itself up in love. And uh, may we be a church on fire, passionate in love with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, here's the deal, man. I want to make sure that we get a chance for you to get plugged in into this place. And uh, we talk about what it means to serve, and we talk about what it means to uh, be able to honor our God and that he's gifted you. And so here's what I'm going to ask. We're going to have the ushers come on down, and we're going to pass cards out. And there's going to be cards that are going down each and every row. And so here's the request. Every single person take a card. How many take a card? Every single person take a card, all right? And uh, I'm visiting today. Every single person take a card. Feel free to have a card. You're visiting. We'd love to have you take a look at this, see what we're doing, see how we're excited about all that God's doing. Go ahead and just come on down, ushers. Let's pass them out. And uh, we're going to pass these down the rows. And while they're passing, I'm just going to give a few directions, all right? Definitely put your name and uh, some contact info on this, or we are not going to be able to get back to you, right? Uh, we uh, work with God closely, but often we can't tell who it is when you don't put your name on it, right? And uh, so make sure you get that contact info. The very first box that you can check, right underneath name and email, it says, willing to serve wherever needed. Look, if you're like, I don't know where, I'm just, just put me where you need me right now. I'd love to jump in. We would love to get you plugging in, all right? And uh, so go ahead and check that box. If you've got a very specific spot you want to go to, there's a lot of detail down below. So every person take a card, and we'd love to get you filling this out right here. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a few minutes now where you can fill this out, all right? And as you're filling this out, uh, we're going to end up after the worship song to close, you're going to hand these in to the ushers on your way out, okay? On your way out at the door, you'll just give them to the usher. So let's just take a moment here to be filling this out. Most people have them in their hand now. And uh, I'm just going to say this. There are different sections here in the yellow. You can see the children's ministry, the student ministry, and adult ministry, right? So if you've got an area you're like, oh, I definitely want to work in children's ministry, that's great. You can go in there and you can check um, and uh, be specific about where, and we can get you placed into that. And uh, student ministry and then adult ministry are the options. Do note under adult ministry, there's the hospitality team. Notice the list of four things, greeter, usher, welcome center, cafe. Those are all hospitality or where needed. If you're just open to be in any one of those, go ahead and check that box and we'll get you placed wherever need be, okay? We would love to get you plugged in and going on this. And uh, So I'm just gonna give you a minute or two to think it through, to fill it out, all right? Why don't we just take a second or two here? <laughs> 